The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. It's as big as we've ever seen in Australia. Here's Aloisi for a place in the you World Cup. For us. He yeah! scores! Australia have got it! Come on! John Aloisi, the Confederations on, Cup hero, has done Go it in the biggest game of all. Come on, Australia! Yes, uh, in 40 years of broadcasting, I must admit I was there calling it for a radio network with the likes of Frank Farina and others, and it was uh, a special night. But that was 2005, late yeah. 2005. They hadn't qualified since 1974. Uh, Johnny Warren had just passed, who I'd worked with uh, for many years, didn't see that moment after, of course, being part of the Socceroos uh, vintage of 1974 when they played in the World Cup. And then it was 2006 they played in Germany. And Australia has been in a World Cup ever since, yeah, every four years. And tomorrow morning at 2 o'clock our time in Doha in the Middle East, they Take on Peru, who finished fifth in the South American group. It's a one-off game, neutral territory. 12,000 Peruvians have sold houses, sold their cars to get there to support their team. There'll only be a handful of Aussies, let me tell you. Can Australia win? Uh, I reckon they're underdogs. This is what Graham Arnold, just in 60 seconds, had to say ahead of this important game at 2 o'clock tomorrow morning. You know, the boys are in great spirits. Uh, They trained exceptionally well last night on the match stadium. Um, they're, they're just eager to get uh, get the game on, and uh, you know. So it's uh, as I said, they're fresh mentally. Uh, winning the, both uh, both games against Jordan as well as the UAE uh, has given uh, rebuilt that belief that we that we had. And uh, you know, I truly believe that um, you know we you know we improved from the Jordan game to the UAE, and the UAE game was better, and we'll do that again. And, and we need to. Trent Sainsbury going to be available for you. What's the position with Taggart and any other one, pe- people who've got injuries? Yeah, Jason Davidson is out um, <clears throat> with a, a bit of a hamstring. Um, Trent and Taggart, uh, they trained uh, individually last night, they're, they're, and we will test them tonight. But uh, other than that, all the boys uh, pulled up exceptionally well after the UAE game, and um, as I said, they're fresh and they're ready to go. Okay, we'll have a full wrap on that game on drive tomorrow between 5 and 6, so tune in there. But we just wanted to touch on it tonight. Uh, of course, AFL uh, front and centre. Uh, you can join us on the uh, Tempera Bedshed text line. Mike says, hi, Pete and Haggers. Griffin Logue needs some confidence up forward as he keeps handballing near the goals. Just mark and kick. Well, now, we were talking about, just during the break, regarding yeah. the Fremantle's forward line, and you made mention about Matt Tabernar as well. Well, I've where, got, do you, where do you see no, him? No, I don't see him in their best 22. Now, mm-hmm. Fremantle, and look, there'll be a lot that say, well, he is. He's the preferred key forward. Lob goes a bit further up the ground. So between those two, they're their main two tall forwards. And uh, and Darcy maybe spends a bit time down there, a bit of time down forward when Rory Lob goes on the ball. But I, I, I just think they've just looked a little bit more uh, mobile They've uh, looked a bit longer and quicker with their with their movement forward with Griffin Logue as a third tall, and he's the he's the third tallest of those uh, two guys. If Lob is up there, I prefer. I think Griffin Logue has has perhaps shown enough. He's not a, a, a reflexive sort of forward though. I, I don't think he's clever around goals, but he can develop that. But he he takes him closer to goal, 
I think he's more more of a confident character overall than Matt Tabiner. Uh I just reckon that Fremantle are a better side and their best 22 for mine doesn't have Matt Tabiner in it for when they come back for their resumption after this bye. And that'll create some real argument because, you know, if Logue doesn't play as a forward and Tabiner walks straight back in to share that forward line load with Rory Lobb and Logue goes back to Peel, well, it puts a question mark on mm. his future. Unless he, uh, he'd he stay there for the rest of this season, naturally, but he'd only be a backup to a forward or if something happened to one of the key defenders because clearly Pierce and Cox and Ryan are their preferred tall three key defenders. And when you look at it, Peter, th- this is Fremantle's preferred back seven for mine as at the moment is, is Ryan Cox, Young, Clark, Pierce, Walker, Hughes. I'm not so sure that Griffin Logue's going to go back into there ahead of any of those boys. He could easily stay with Walters, Lobb, Schultz, Switkowski, Banfield and Collier and Logue as part of that seven-man forward rotation. I, I, I think they're just even more mobile and more potentially scoring threatening without Matthew Tabernacle. Okay, one thing I'd like to throw out here, and we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the West Coast Eagles. Of course, they're back in action this weekend against Geelong, and the Waffle team, again, were disappointing, losing by 38 points to Claremont. If Carlton win, they play Richmond uh, in the first game. Is that a Thursday night? Yep. They, they play this Richmond. Week, they win weekend. that, then all of a sudden, the top four sides are all on 13, played 13 games, Fantastic. and will be on 40 points. Yeah. Who is, and I'd like to throw this out to our... Uh, drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn listeners on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a call 13 1255. Say Carlton win and they join Fremantle, Melbourne and the mm-hmm. Brisbane Lions on mm-hmm. 40 points. Mm-hmm. Who is the best team at this stage of proceedings with 10 rounds to go in that top four? Of so, that four? Of that four. We've seen Melbourne drop three games. We've well, seen Fremantle beat Brisbane. I reckon you've missed something there, but go on. What have I missed? Carlton. I'm not telling you. All right. And then you've got Carlton who've taken down a couple so of mates. That's your top four, though. That, okay. That's your top four after 13 rounds. Don't, don't which is the ca- best team out of those uh, four teams? Geelong. Yeah, but they're not in the top four. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm You're just missing saying, something. I know, Geelong you, is a power team. They're, it is a power a team. F- and they're a top four candidate. They're getting that. So Geelong saying, will finish top four. Okay. So at the moment, Geelong are fifth. So, so out of those top five, even though Geelong are in fifth position. Yep. And uh, they, if they win their next game, of course, they'll go up to 36 points. And that's points. West Coast. Yeah. So they'll, they'll win, win that. They'll win so you're saying Geelong is better than Carlton, Fremantle, Melbourne and Brisbane? Potentially, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm liking Geelong. Right I'm, now? But yeah. about right now? Yeah. We can only yeah. live in the moment. Yeah. Geelong, Geelong, I think, has the all form of game. They've developed a bit of a quicker moving game. Mm-hmm. Got these two power forwards that can kick ten goals a week between Which them. Which is important. Yeah. And we've been talking about the forward problems yeah. at the and Dockers. And the small and the small forward crummers. Uh, I think they're very cunning, and their defence, like the likes of Stewart leading the defence, and Mitch Duncan sweeping across half back. Uh, I just think Geelong is really threatening. And Geelong have also still got four more games down at uh, uh, Geelong. Yeah, which means they're they're a really strong chance to finish top four. But they get a bit shaky come finals time. Yeah. Yeah. So so to the Brisbane away from or full stop even at the Gabba they've only won 
one final out of their last five at the Gabba, even though they've won 32 of their last 33 we'll see home what, and away. Now, we saw the uh, the big freeze today, and they all went down the slide, and it was great. It was just a fantastic occasion. And I think they got to the $2 million, didn't they, uh, that they raised, which yeah, is quite did, outstanding. Yeah. Um, but they had the slippery slide there, mm-hmm. and they went down into, of course, that ice bucket. Mm-hmm. Is Melbourne potentially on a real slippery slide in the second half oh, of the yeah. season now? Oh, yeah, yeah. But look at, uh, you know, look at all run, of a Peter. sudden, 10 games unbeaten. They've dropped the last three. There clearly is some issues. Even today, Max Gorn, who doesn't seem to get flustered very much, was remonstrating with members on the Collingwood bench about some language yeah. that was coming his way. They just seem to be all over the place at the moment, uh, the Demons. And on the back of the Stephen May fiasco, yeah. you could not possibly have faith in that bloke given what he said to one of your mates yeah, and given how he's gloated and given his history. I mean, well, I'm not going to say it. I'm not on that sort of, I'm not, not on that pay scale, but we, we hear some amazing stuff about his attitude and behavior around behind closed doors. So you couldn't be totally comfortable. He's going to come back and have great faith in him. However, I did say on Thursday and I repeat it again, there's one position in football where I reckon you can get away with being someone who's, perhaps despised by your teammates, and play a totally selfish game, and that's the key defender who takes on a key opposition gun forward. Stop him. The blokes don't like you. Punch it or mark it. Give it off. Kick the ball back in when, when you bring it back into play from a point. The blokes don't like you. Do your job, and we can still win games. Mm. I think that's where Stephen May's at. But you couldn't discount it, Peter. Let's just have a quick look. So they lost today. They go to the bye. They come back against Brisbane. They'll probably beat Adelaide in Adelaide, but they'll take it to them. Geelong, down at Geelong, then Port, then the Bulldogs. Yeah, now Port and a tough Port, run. Port might be gone by then. Who knows? But And that one's in Alice Springs, that Port game. I think Port are in trouble. I'm yeah. ruling them out as a top eight candidate now. Okay, we'll come back to that. And also we'll talk about the Eagles after the break. Come and join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line. Now, your thoughts on what was just mentioned. Who is the best team in that maybe top four or five at the moment? Because they're all basically on the same amount of points. Uh, even though Haggers reckons uh, a game behind Geelong are going to be the big movers maybe in the second half of the season. 0487 736 736. Or 131355 is the Scarborough Toyota open line. Eagles fans, we've got the spin on where they're at. Hopefully they'll win a couple of games in the second half of the season. I think they will. We looked at the fixtures a bit earlier, and I reckon they can pinch one maybe in the next couple of weeks when the Bombers come to town. This is Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre.